his time with people for whom life was not easy. And there, amid those who were suffering, he was the embodiment of perfect love. Well, good evening, Maison. Oh, man, you guys sound almost as good as my crowd this morning. My name is Drake, and I'm the pastor here at First Christian Church of Gainesville, and I'm also your student ministries coordinator here at Maison Mission, and we're so glad that you could join us this evening. Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. Maison Mission is all about creating greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. Now, if this is your first time or your returning time and you haven't connected yet with Maison, there's a QR code up here on the screen. You can scan that with your phone, get plugged in, get plugged into a house church, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can do that on that Connect card. I also wanted to let you know that what we do here at Maison Mission is only made possible by your generous giving. You can give online by texting any dollar amount to 84321, or you can give online at maisonmission.com. And lastly, if you're like some of my people in the morning, you're going to write a check and send it to the details on the screen. Well, this evening, we've got quite a special treat. But before we get there, I wanted to let you all know about what's coming up on Christmas Eve. A lot of churches decide to focus on how big and how cool they can be on Christmas Eve. You see, I grew up in a church that had like drums with like confetti snow. So when they hit them, it would like blow up in the air and there was all kinds of lights on them. And it was all about making sure that people came back in the new year. Well, instead of talking about how big and cool and awesome Maison Mission is, we want to serve our community. And so we've got an event on Christmas Eve called Serve GNV. And for Serve GNV, what we're going to do is at 2 p.m. we're going to get together and we're going to pack bags together. And packing these bags, they're going to go out to people who are often forgotten on Christmas Eve. Uh, we're talking about healthcare workers, firefighters, police. Um, those people who feel left out because they have to be working and they're away from their families. Um, and then we will come back here after we deliver those bags for a uh, carol and candlelight service, a short 30 to 45 minute service here uh, where we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Another thing that I wanted to let you all know about is everyone's wondering, why is Drake up here and where is Kevin? Now, you're no stranger to me, but Kevin not being here is kind of weird. You know, Kevin is normally at least in the back. You know, like you guys aren't quite as responsive as my morning crowd. So Kevin gives me an amen once in a while to make me feel good about whatever I'm saying. <laughs> but um, Kevin is up in South Carolina. They're on vacation, but even kind of, I won't say more importantly, but even kind of crazier, if you haven't been paying attention to Maison social media, what's going on right now is there's actually a group uh, that is starting a, a new Maison mission in South Carolina. And they've already selected their name. It's called Greater Hope. And I want you to stop and just think about that for a second. 
that if you don't think what we're doing is important here at Maison Mission, like, just wait to see what happens in these next couple of years. Like, we're preaching this inclusive love of Jesus. We're preaching the true gospel without the, without the bars of fundamentalism and without the bars of, of, of church culture that can be destructive. And we're just preaching how much Jesus loves, how much he loves this world, and how much he wants to see us grow and prosper and love each other. And in doing that, there's already another community starting out of Maison less than two years in existence, which I, just think, I think deserves a round of applause. I think it's pretty awesome. I'm excited about that. And I'm sure Kevin will give you more details when he gets back, but that's what I'll share with you. And then the last thing that I have uh, before we get into our message is that we have Wish Upon a Star, which is our partnership uh, for strong families. And we still need three... Um, well, what is it called? Three stars remaining, which means that uh, we, have th- we need three sponsors um, for kids uh, who are in foster care uh, for Christmas. It's like a toy drive. And so if you have any interest in becoming a sponsor or one of our three stars that we need left, uh, you can speak to Miranda, who's not in here at the moment uh, because she's out working with kids, but you can speak to her and she can give you all the details that you need. And so lastly this evening, one of the people that I think is really awesome, there's this guy, his name is Jethro, and we can give him a round of applause as he comes up. Do you... <laughs> Jethro comes from an organization called La Famille, and La Famille is a, is a uh, missions partner here at Maison Mission with us. And so I uh, just want to basically introduce him, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm going to let him introduce himself because he knows a heck of a lot more about what he does than I will ever know, even after having these phone conversations with him. Um, go ahead, yeah. Well, good evening, church. I am so thrilled and so grateful to be with Mason family. Uh, before I even say anything else, I want to say thank you for your giving over the years. Mason Mission was the first church that literally supported the work that we've been doing in Haiti. So you can give yourself a round of applause for that. Thank you, thank you. So as Drake, Drake said, my name is Jethro Decimus. So uh, before I even describe what I do, I always go by my identity and I am a child of God. That's first, that will never change. This, this is deeply rooted in me. I am a disciple of Christ, and uh, lastly, I'm a servant of God, and uh, I'm his hands and feet, and wherever he sends me, uh, I go. So I have the pleasure and uh, honor to lead La Famille, and uh, what we do, uh, we work with family in uh, Haiti, family schools and community, and what we do is with schools, especially with schools who are specialize in agriculture, we help resource them so they could expand their production. And with that, when they sell their livestock and produce, it helps the school generate a fund so that they could uh, uh, run. But also we help farmers uh, who are uh, uh, in need, especially farmers, they experience uh, a lack of production during dry season. So right after December, going into January, February, March. And uh, in the Caribbean, there's that season of dryness. So as a farmer, if you don't have water, you know, you can't water your field, so you're not able to sustain yourself. So just last, uh, 
in September, I was in Haiti. We were able to go down there and um, inaugurate a water well that we drill for uh, farmers who were affected by the earthquake last year. So we drill a water well for them and uh, we build a water reservoir that could hold about 76,000 gallons of water and we built some water canal so that the water could get into their field so um, just to serve them. So this is kind of the work we're doing and uh, amazing your giving has been able to help us do that kind of work and we're so excited for your, for your love and your giving. Well, I think that's awesome. I think that's a round of applause worthy. Again, we're doing a lot of round of applause today. You know, I, you know, one of the things that Jethro and I spoke earlier this week on the phone for probably 30, 45 minutes. And one of the things that I think really struck me was when we talked about uh, the misconception of missionaries or even really what people think about missionaries in Haiti. Yes. Could you talk about that? Yes. So even uh, the, uh, a lot of the missionaries, when they are sent, it's uh, pretty much to go and, uh, you know, build a church. Yeah, and, to you win know, souls. It, to win souls. So the danger with that is uh, when you build a church, now you've, you focus on the spiritual side, but the physical need is not met. So these people are still in poverty. They still, you know, after they come and worship, they go back home, you know, hungry. So it's like, how does, you know, missionary, how you know, beside the spiritual, beside the church aspect, how can you impact a nation so that they could advance, you know, in terms of economy? So that's where we not only focus on the spiritual, but also we want to empower people so they could do for themselves. Yeah. How, yeah. how is that focus on the spiritual, do you think, maybe hurt the conception of Christianity? Yeah, because, you know, they, they have this belief, they receive this teaching of the gospel as come and accept Jesus so you could go to heaven. And that, that kind of hurt the nation because having this mind frame, it's like, okay, I'm accepting Jesus so I could just go to heaven. So now I'm bypassing my time here on, on earth and focusing, okay, I just want to get to heaven. I'm going to go to church. I just want to get to heaven. And you have a nation not taking its responsibility. No, I have to bring heaven down on earth and manifest the presence of God. Yeah, that's, you know, if, if you've ever, if you've heard me speak, I think one of my biggest things is I, I believe that Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom. Yeah. Right. And it's funny because every time you read in scripture, where the disciples are asking Jesus about heaven, yes. right? They're like, okay, can you just show us heaven? Like, could you just give us some proof of the Father? Like, Jesus, where are you going? And it seems like every time Jesus turns to the disciples and rebukes them and says, stop looking to heaven and start focusing on loving each other now. That's right. And, and, and I feel like, you know, you, you, when we had spoken before, you know, it was like, the, well, missionaries are going to come. It'll be great because they'll build a church and then they'll leave. And there's not really a lasting impact. Okay, yeah. And I mean, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what led to the birth of La Famille. Exactly. Um, originally, I, I, I was supposed to be sent to go and plant churches, but all the doors, before I was sent, all the doors kept on shutting down. They were getting shut, they were getting shut. And also, with the vision I had to empower the people, to give them the resources they need, you know, it didn't align with the vision of, you know, the sender that was going to send me there. Like, mm, 
doesn't really align with what we want to do. Yeah, we don't want to feed people. We want to save souls. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I was in a dilemma of like, work. well, God, you give me this vision and it's to really empower the people, it's to resource them. However, I'm following protocol and, you know, trying to be, you know, to follow my authority and, you know, being sent. And it just wasn't working. All the doors were shutting down. And I got into a point, I said, well, God, like, how are we going to do this? And he said, hey, I've, I've sent you. Are you going to go? And God has and been faithful. He's been faithful. And, you know, we've been able to have an impact on, uh, on people's lives. And, you know, to God be the glory. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking um, this morning uh, and actually earlier this week about Melissa's message last week during house church, where she talked about uh, the feeding of the 5,000. And in, in the feeding of the 5,000, if you didn't know, it's feeding of the 5,000 men. So you're probably looking at like ten to 15,000 people because it's men and their families. And, it, and she talked about this, this commentator that she had read where we said, well, where he said, maybe the, the real miracle isn't that Jesus poofed 10,000 people's food into existence, but maybe the real miracle is that there was heart change. And what I, what I mean by that is if you, if you think about, you know, 10 to 15,000 people showing up to hear somebody speak, it's not very likely that nobody was prepared, right? It's not very likely that nobody had food. It's not very likely that none of them thought ahead, right? But it is really likely that there were a percentage of people there who could not think ahead, who could not provide for themselves. And so it's interesting when, when, the disciples come to Jesus and they, in, in, in Mark chapter 6, they say to Jesus, well, we should let these people go into town to get something to eat. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. And which, number one, that alone is like, no, 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 you feed them. Don't put this responsibility on somebody else. Like, no, you feed them. But then I think the other thing that kind of is interesting to me is then the disciples, again, you know, they, they really like to kind of combat Jesus and they go back at Jesus. And they're like, well, it would take us months to raise the money in order to go and to do this, in order to make a difference, make a dent in feeding this population. And Jesus turns to them and says, well, what do you have? Like, well, what do you have to give? And so it's interesting, but I think that that question was probably less to the disciples and more to the multitude which is what, what do you have? Like, what can you give of your resources, of yourself for these people who are less fortunate than you? And what I love about that understanding of the story, and I'm not going to say it's the only, I'm not going to say it's the correct understanding of the story, but one of the things that really I think is awesome about that understanding of the story is it takes away this concept of this miracle being 2,000 years ago, right? Like none of us are looking for Jesus to poof 10,000 pieces of bread into existence, right? Like, th- like so oftentimes miracles feel really far removed from us, you know? And if the real miracle there is heart change, it means that we can look for those miracles now, right? Like if the real miracle is that people leaned into who Jesus was, and had heart change because of it, it means that that miracle is attainable for us. It's attainable for our church and for our community. 
that we can lean into. And, and to me, like, I, I, you know, I see that in La Famille. Like, I, I see that in this concept of you deciding that it wasn't just about soul winning, yeah. right? It wasn't just about what everyone had said it was about. It wasn't about what your organization said it was about. But you believed in God's kingdom coming and God's will being done on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. And so you leaned into Jesus for heart change, and Maison's been supporting La Famille since the beginning, which is awesome, right? Like, God is faithful when you lean into God's presence and God's call on your life, you know? And I don't, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. You know, it's, a, it's just an honor when you respond to the Messiah the Messiah's calling. He said that, yes, I have done all this, but you guys would do greater things. And this is what I, I'm taking, I'm taking the teacher to his word. Like we're disciples and he said, we'll do greater things. And I'm taking that literal. Yes, Lord, I want to do greater things. I want to be your hands and feet. I want to do that. So it's just to respond. Yeah, of, I, I want to do greater things. Yes. I want to create greater spaces, yes. right? I think that that's like, you know, that, that's been one of, the, one of the themes of this whole series has been this concept of Jesus saying, you will do even greater things than I. And so, uh, and I was thinking about what that even meant, right? Because it sounds puzzling, like how can you do greater things than the greatest teacher who ever lived? Well, you know, it's pretty easy. He was the greatest teacher who ever lived, right? And so what that means is like how many times like, does an like does a, a account accounting professor do accounting for a Fortune 500 company? Almost never. He teaches other people to be able to go and do that, yeah. right? And so when Jesus says, you know, that that we're called to greater things, I think of what he said to the disciples that to remain in Him is to remain in love. Yeah. And I think to remain in Jesus, you know, Jesus taught us how to have compassion, but He calls us to more than that. You know, compassion by definition is um, an understanding of something uh, or a situation or something being wrong, having empathy, and a desire to change it. But compassion just stops at a desire to change something. And I think as Christians, we're called to more than compassion, right? We're called to action. I think being the church means that we're transforming our compassion into action. You know, and, and, and I, I think one of the other, you know, just like we took that miracle and we said, well, we can remove this from being 2,000 years ago and see how it can happen now. I also, I want to take a second and say, not everybody is called to go to Haiti, right? Like, that's not the takeaway from this talk. Everyone's mission field is different, right? Whether that be the community you're in, the church you're in, the job that you're in, those people around you, how can you be the hands and the feet of Jesus to them? In the book of Isaiah, the author states that even uh, the Father, God, he sent out a question, whom will I send? Who will go? And the prophet was like, well, Lord, here I am. Send me. And church, I just want to encourage you, you know, the Father is looking to partner with you. He is looking to work alongside with you every morning ask yourself like lord where are you sending me like is it is it my job is it 
you know, the homeless shelter, whatever, is it to a family member? He is looking for someone to send so that you may show his love, so that you may show his heart, his kindness. He is looking. Would you answer? Would you respond to this call? You know, I think, it's, I think that goes right back to that, the feeding of the 5,000 when Jesus says, well, what do you have? And they go take an inventory of what they have. And I think looking at where we can be the hands and the feet. And I, and I want you to, to hear this because I think this is really, really important. What, I, what we are not saying is that you go and befriend somebody to convert them to Christianity, right? You're not going to befriend somebody or be nice to somebody or pretend somebody's funny. I just saw that on social media, right? Pretend somebody's funny just so you can tell them about the gospel. That's not what this is about, right? It's Jesus says to remain in me is to remain in love, not to remain in me is to tell people that they need to be saved or they're going to hell, right? Like that's not what missions is about, like, that's not what being a part of your mission field is about. It's all about leaning into the places where God is calling you to make a difference by showing love, showing kindness, showing compassion. Are you with me? Hey, there we go. I like the amens. You see, I grew up Baptist. I look for amens. <laughs> so that's an encouragement. Anytime I'm up here, if you amen me, it'll never be a bad thing. <laughs> oh, Man, well, I think we should pray. God, I want to thank you so much for this time, for this opportunity that we've had to just learn a little bit about La Famille and also learn a little bit about what you're calling us to do. God, we know that that miracle, that meeting of the 5,000 isn't something that's removed 2,000 years ago, but a miracle of heart change that can happen here and now. God, we pray that we would just lean into what you'd have for us. Shape and mold our hearts to the growth of your kingdom through the showing of love, kindness, and compassion in our mission fields. God, we ask all of this in your holy, your heavenly, your strong name. Amen. I do want to tell you that if you, as you're leaving the building, there's been a sign that's been up there since 86 that says you are now entering the mission field. <laughs> you can keep that in mind. <laughs> I forgot how bright these lights are. <laughs> Dang. Ah, okay. I can't see anybody. Okay. I'm not even going to look down there. Wow. Um, you can see the Thomases. So I, yeah, I can kind of see the Thomases. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Charlotte, can I get you? And I guess Claire can join us too if she wants. This Claire. Yes, it's Claire. I don't know. It's Rudolph. Or a unicorn. Charlotte, we want to thank you for all that you... For those who don't know, Charlotte has been our volunteer kids director for this last year, I guess. Two years? Two years? About two years? Which is... Yeah, time is crazy. It feels like just last year we were out in a parking lot. <laughs> so Charlotte's been working with our children, um, and she's stepping down from that role, but she's not leaving Maison. She's still going to be here, and we're excited about that. But we wanted to tell you thank you. And yes, thank you for all the things that you've done to pour into all of our children around here. Thank you. 
these two, yours too. Um, I do want to remind you guys that next week is house church. FCC house church is the best one. <laughs> next week is a house church week. You guys can sit down if you'd like. Um, if you'd like to get plugged into a house church, come find me, talk to me after the service. Um, and then our next live, we're going to meet here and do this again in about two weeks on December 4th at 5 p.m. And we're starting a new sermon series next week called Travel Light. Um, Kevin's going to be kicking that off in our house church. And right now, after this, we have a potluck with a really big cake in the fellowship hall. So I hope you will all come join us.